reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus and the disciples drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage of the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an ass tethered and a coat with her. Untie them and bring them here to me. And if anyone should say anything to you, reply, The master has need of them. Then he will send them at once. This happened so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Say to daughter Zion, Behold, your king comes to you, meek and riding on an ass, and on a colt, the foal of the beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the ass and the colt and laid their cloaks over them, and he sat upon them. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and threw them on the road. The crowds preceding him and those following kept crying out and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and asked, Who is this? And the crowds replied, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please be Hello, beautiful people. Good evening. <laughs> but you're wondering why I chose that gospel reading for this evening. There's a certain word in it that I was going to see if I could get him to say out in front of everybody three times, and sure enough, he did it. No, no. 
Uh, my name is Brian Cannon. Uh, by day, I'm the director of the Center of Mission and Ministry at Notre Dame Preparatory High School, right up the road. But by night, I am a crime-fighting St. Patrick parishioner, so it's good to be home. I'm happy to be here with you. That gospel reading is a little bit of a preview of coming attractions. See, that's the, the outside reading for the, the procession on Palm Sunday, which is coming up. Can you believe it is almost Holy Week? Uh, wave your hand at me if you just took your Christmas decorations down. There's no shame, right? But we're, we are at Holy Week. Uh, we're there. And what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight is how we as Catholics can be united to Jesus as he rides into Jerusalem and really what that journey for him looks like. I had a great drama teacher in high school. His name is Mr. Akers. He still teaches there. It's awesome. He said that the difference between your life and the life that happens on stage is only one thing, and that is compression. That's the only difference between the life on stage and the life that you live out every single day. What do I mean by that? Jesus' entry into Jerusalem that we are prepared to ride along with him is really our own experience of healing in a lifetime compressed. And I would like to use uh, an image, a symbol. We Catholics love images and symbols and sacramentals and things that we can hold on to. I have it on good authority from many parish maintenance staffs that their least favorite day of the liturgical year is Palm Sunday. Why? Because you people leave the palm strings all over the church. And people, there are different kinds of people on Palm Sunday. There is the palm hoarder, right? You see those people outside. It's like they know 50 people back at their, in their neighborhood, and they're just uh, going with like bundles. Of, I'm like, just go to your yard. <laughs> there, is, there is also the, the artiste. I like to call them. You sit in the pew next to them and they are working during Mass and they have made the pieta by the time Mass is over and you're very exciting. Uh, they are also palms, the original fidget spinners. I didn't know if you know that, but like some of these boys in junior high, by the time Mass is over, they have created ninja stars out of the palms. It's, it's really, a, but we love things in our hands. We, ha we love things on our heads, right? Nothing gets a Catholic to come out of the woodwork than something free, right? <laughs> It's a bulletin, it's ashes, it's palms. We love something tangible to hold on to. I want to tell you a little bit of a story that happened to us as a family last year. I totally lucked out. You ever like to hang out on Priceline or Kayak or something like that? Looking for budget-friendly, and my wife and I are both in ministry, we're not rolling in it, right? So some budget-friendly family vacation ideas found the perfect spot. Any La Jolla fans in the house? Ooh, La Jolla is great. There's a little place called Pantai Inn. Anybody happen to be familiar with it? It is like a Balinese paradise right on the beach. So Shell Beach in La Jolla is right there. So I, I couldn't believe it. For the, the price of a regular hotel room, I got this humongous suite for the family. You walk out the front porch and you go down the steps and Shell Beach is right there. Beautiful. You come down these steps 
you navigate the boulders that are somehow at the bottom of the steps, you turn and you see this enchanting seascape of little caves and sand and rocks and uh, tide pools where you can discover things. And I like discovering things, right? I think most Catholics are like that. We like, dis we like tangible things. The bulletin, the palms, the ashes. Shell Beach lives up to its name. So I'm spending so much time with my beautiful little twins and my wife and we're just discovering little things. Little shells, different colors, different shapes, right? I'm feeling the sand under my feet. I'm waving at the seals that are swimming right offshore. It's like a paradise. I'm from Glendale, Arizona, okay? <laughs> like, like, what is this magical place that you call Shell Beach in La Jolla? But then something else caught my eye. And this is the image that I want to talk about tonight. A little thing in the sand that was different than all of the shells. And it's something that I was not familiar with. I picked it up, and it was like a little piece of sea glass. Has anybody ever found a little piece of sea glass before? Okay, up until this point, I had devoted maybe three and a half seconds in my life thinking about sea glass. But all of the sudden, I was just enchanted by it. If you've never seen it, it is a piece of broken glass that has been weathered in the ocean for ages. And by the time you find it, all of its sharp edges have been rounded off. It's opaque. It's almost kind of magical. And the piece that I found was very unremarkable. But to me, it was like a prized possession. It sits on my, my little holy space at my nightstand to this moment. I know exactly where it is. And then I started looking around. And once you know to look for something, what do you find? More of something. And I was so excited. And I thought to myself, my Glendale self, my West Side self, you know, if, if the West Side had a national anthem, it would be walking on broken glass, okay? So I would be less excited for my kids to be wandering around a beach with broken glass on it, like playing with the beer bottles that I used to find in the field that I played in by my house. But for here, it was amazing. Which leads me to the point is that some not all brokenness is the same. Some brokenness is beautiful. As Father Eric likes to say, Sin is missing the mark. So sometimes in my life, I'm broken. And I'm, and I'm shattered. And it's that brokenness of sin that has sharp edges that can wound others. But there is a way for that brokenness to become beautiful. And that is what's compressed into Holy Week beginning on Palm Sunday through the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When, our, when he's broken for us, it provides us the opportunity for our brokenness in sin to be created into something beautiful. For our edges to be rounded. Now, sometimes for us, it does not happen in an instant. We are more like the sea glass. 
So there are some things that make our brokenness beautiful if we are connected to the dying and rising of Jesus Christ. The first is time. What is, it, what is the primary thing that it takes to make a piece of sea glass? It takes a long time. There is some brokenness, some hurts, and some woundedness. And there's a variety of ways to collect brokenness. There is some grief that only time can round out the edges. So think about that for just a moment and bring it to him. Is there a burden? Is there a hurt? Is there a grief? It's not too late. Connect it to him. His dying and rising. Ride into Jerusalem with him because on the cross, he makes that suffering redemptive. Another thing that it takes for us to make our brokenness beautiful is endurance. Endurance. I was just talking with a friend. She, was, she and I were just here, like, just talking to her. And, she, and, uh, and I mentioned to her, you got a lot of Job going on <laughs> right now. You know, the, the Old Testament prophet where things are kind of piling up and, and, you, and you can start to question what God has going on in your life. Because I'll tell you what, if I was God for a day, we would all be born straight into heaven. Why didn't God think of that? No answer. <laughs> but somehow I have to have enough trust and endurance to say that somehow my suffering is more meaningful than if I was just born straight into heaven. Endurance. Any parents in the house? Endurance. <laughs> My wife is going through bedtime right now without me. <laughs> Say a little prayer, would you? Right? But the piece of glass never experiences its metamorphosis of healing if it's never washed into the waves. So we go into the waters with Jesus, the dying and rising. The metamorphosis happens in the waters, right? He challenges his disciples in the Gospel of Mark, can you be baptized with, with the baptism with which I am baptized? Dying and rising. Jesus goes into the Jordan River without direction. He comes out on a mission for Jerusalem. So get into the waves. This is endurance, and this is what it takes to round out the edges of our brokenness. And then finally, openness. Openness. So sea glass is beautiful in its own right, but its beauty is truly unlocked when it is found. Have you considered that your brokenness could be an occasion of healing for someone else? That the work of your salvation, of your healing, of your sea glass becoming beautiful is not simply a gift for you. The beauty of the sea glass is when it's found by another. Don't be afraid to share what God has done for you in your life. 
Your brokenness is beautiful. It has the opportunity to help others see Christ and to have an encounter with him.